MSW Media. This is Stephen Amell, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. Well, this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, everybody. What an exciting one we have today. Joining me in a few minutes, we've got Andrew Harding and Stephen Amell of Knocking Point. They are a wine club, wine distribution based out of Walla Walla, Washington. You may also recognize Stephen Amell. He starred in a little show called Arrow on the CW for many, many years, and he's now starring in a wrestling drama called Heels. We're going to have him on shortly. Looking forward to talking to them. And so wine is kind of the thing we're doing on this episode. And so I've got something very exciting right up top for you, listeners, an opportunity not only to be entertained by who I'm about to talk to, but by the opportunity that's going to be presented to you. So let me just tell you a little bit about a winery called Murphy Good. Back in 1985, three friends started this place. They got an idea. They're like, you know, let's put our money together and let's start a winery. And one of those guys' names was Tim Murphy. The other guy's name was Dale Good. And then Dave Reddy. I think I'm saying that right. It's Reddy or Reedy. One of those. We'll get it. We'll get it straight later. But they started Murphy Good Winery up in Sonoma, up in that area, Sonoma County of Northern California. And they started making great wine. I think they started with Fumé Blanc, and then they started doing Chardonnay, and on and on. They've got a they got a great uh, Sauvignon Blanc. They're kind of considered, you know, the the four the fathers of Sauvignon Blanc up in Sonoma. Okay, so that's Murphy Good. Now, what they're doing? They've got this thing called a really good job. You see what they're doing there? Good G O O D E. Really good job, and it's a little thing they started in 2021 so i guess last year and you know i don't want to screw this up and invariably i will so i'm going to bring on the reigning winner of the really good job to tell us about what this really good job is and how you listeners can possibly become the next really good job winner lindsey perry how are you lindsey hi dan thanks for having me Apologize for the long-winded, uh, I'm long-winded, what can you do? Nice to see <laughs> it was you. It a great intro. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Did I get most of the Murphy Good stuff right? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with all that. Is it Reddy? Reddy's how he says the last it's name? It's Reddy. Okay. Yep, Dave Reddy. <laughs> Dave Reddy. Okay, so last year, as I mentioned, they come mm-hmm. up with a contest. Tell us about it and how you got involved and what your role is now. Yeah, so they actually um, came up with this back in 2009. Uh, I believe it was 2009, but they decided they wanted to do something to kind of change somebody's life. Um, And so they discovered this contest where they 
put out a call for anyone who wanted to join into the wine industry. All you had to do was upload a video to YouTube. And the job was a six month uh, internship, basically with Murphy Good, and you were basically kind of the social media ambassador. So fast forward to 2021, um, they were trying to come up with something to kind of, you know, everyone's changing jobs. We had like the great, you know, everyone was leaving their jobs. People were looking for something new, and so Murphy Good decided. Why? What, what happened in What happened in 2021 that would make that happen? You know, it was this crazy pandemic that happened. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I didn't hear about it. I've been of... holed up in this uh, studio here for the last couple right. of years. Something, you mean something bad happened? Okay. All right. So they, they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people reevaluating their lives and uh, career paths and everything. So they decided they wanted to bring the job back. Um, but this time they decided it was going to be a year long internship. And they, um, the, the, whole thing was living in Sonoma County rent-free for a year, $10,000 a month salary, so a six-figure salary, and a year supply of Murphy Good wine. And all you had to do was submit a video talking about why you loved wine, why you wanted to work for Murphy Good, and why you wanted to join the wine industry. Um, and there were over 7,300 people that applied and submitted videos. And you got it. And I got it, yes. They picked 17 finalists. And they flew us out to California. We had like an actual interview, um, kind of like Shark Tank style. It felt like a reality TV show because we did all these crazy activities out in Sonoma County, which was awesome. Um, and out of that, I got a call. Amazing. Now, what is your, yeah. what's your background and why? What drew you to this? Yeah. So, um, you know, just like everyone I always say when people were all perfecting bread, um, I was perfecting my knowledge of wine. So I started studying wine um, just to kind of make it a hobby since I was drinking it all the time. <laughs> I figured it would be nice to know more about the varietals and where it was coming from. And so um, this great opportunity actually came up with an organization called Wine Unify. And they're a nonprofit organization who they were offering educational scholarships to, um, you know, uh, black indigenous people of color who were looking to get into the industry. So they were providing not only um, scholarships for, uh, I got my W set one, my W set two, um, and they were also offering like mentorship. And right, let me so back up, let me of, back up for one second. Where, yeah. where are you? Where are you from? Where is this happening? I am originally from Philadelphia. And then what I, the, wait a minute. <laughs> what am I drinking right now? What is in this class? Oh gosh, what are you drinking? No, what, what, it's came out, I can't even. It came out of the tap. What is it? What do we call it? Water. Water. Yeah, water. water. <laughs> All right, I'm making sure. I'm from Philly too, so there we go. Oh hey, born go and birds. raised. Born and raised. In, where? What part of Philadelphia? Uh, I was lived in Mount Airy. I okay. grew up in Bucks County, and then I lived in Mount Airy for a while. Then I moved to Austin, and okay. I was working in sports marketing there. Um, and then this job came up, and so now I'm out in California. All right. So you're in Hill Country. This opportunity comes along. You apply. Uh, mm -hmm. If you don't mind me asking, just generally, you seem very young. Like you're talking about, you're like, you've been doing wine for a long. Uh, how long were you drinking wine? Well, I'm actually 29. So I definitely look a lot younger than I really am. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and I apologize. It's just like, you see, I thought like maybe you had just gotten out of college. So you, you've been doing this yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing this for a while. I just, you know, my friends always hand me the wine list when I was out at restaurants and that was even before I really dove into studying wine. And so that's kind of what made me realize, wow, I could actually make this 
originally it was just supposed to be a hobby. And then this job came up and um, then all my friends were sending me the articles about it. And then I was like, maybe I can make a career out of it. I, it seemed like a long shot because, you know, over 7,000 people apply. You never realize that you're going to be the one that they pick. So when you get to that 17, how how nervous are you at this point? Oh my gosh. I remember even during the interview, my hands were shaking, my mouth was dry. Like it was, it was very, very um, stressful, but I think it was stressful just because I cared so much about it. Um, but we all went out there and had a really great time. And it was kind of one of those things. Usually when you get a big group like that, there's always going to be one person that nobody actually really likes, but we all really liked each other. And so we kind of realized no matter who ended up winning, we were going to be happy for them no matter what. Um, but I'm really happy it was me. <laughs> So let me, let me, I know everybody out there listening wants to know, cause you, you see where this is going. They know where this is going. So right. it's happening again. They're yeah. doing a really good job again. And if you go to the website, uh, which is, I got it here. Don't worry. Murphygoodwinery.com. As soon as you get there, you're going to see it. Do you want a really good job? Apply now. And you're going to go in there and you're going to, put in your information and you're going to, you're going to do what Lindsay did. You're going to upload a video right now. Any, any tips for a successful video? What would you recommend? What can they do to get an edge? Um, I would say, so the one thing I've been telling people is, you know, everyone who's applying for this job, we know that they love wine or else they wouldn't be applying for it. Um, so the best thing that you can do is, show Murphy good other skills that you have outside of the wine industry. Cause really what the job is for is to bring outsiders into the industry. So if you are great in tech or finance, or like myself, I came from sports marketing. Those are the types of things that they're looking for along with the passion for wine, because they want to bring, you know, they just want new people. They want fresh ideas. Um, obviously when you're in an industry for so long, it can get a little repetitive. And so the big thing that they want is, you know, you as a person and what you can bring to the company outside of what you love about wine. Okay. So again, you're going to go to murphygoodwinery.com. All, it's all there. It's running now till June 30th, I believe, right? Is that, that's when yep. you have, you can only enter once, I'm going to guess. That's <laughs> Why would you enter yep. twice? <laughs> um, and if, if you happen to be the next Lindsay and who is it? I'm sorry. Who is the the person also with you? And Veronica. And Ver- if you happen to be the next Lindsay or Veronica and you are chosen 10 grand, plus you're not spending any money up there, right? I mean, you're, yeah, you're you know, not, you're not paying rent. You're not paying rent. You're dra- <laughs> You're you got- not buying wine either. <laughs> now here's a question for you. You said you got a, a year supply of wine. Who do they, who do they, who's the baseline for that? What do they, who do they, how do they determine what, because my year supply of wine might be different than somebody else's year supply of wine. What is a year supply of wine? How do they figure it? 52 bottles? They actually measured that out and it's 360 bottles. So it's about, it's 30 cases. It's about a bottle a day. So it really is a year supply of wine. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought maybe they're giving you like a bottle or two a week. Bottle a day. Oh, no, it's cases. Now, let me ask you this. Do they just deliver that to you or are you expected to actually pound a bottle a day of wine? And if you don't do it, sorry. Oh, no, we we get we get like a bulk delivery shipment. And then, you know, every few months we'll restock up. But I honestly, I already have plenty in my in my collection. So I'm like, filled to the brim at my house over there. Now, what where's uh, Murphy good on the uh, price wise? Like, what are we looking at generally for their 
Murphy Good's entry level, which is great. It's a really good like entry level, especially for, I, I always tell the ca- people who don't drink Cabernet very much, like Murphy Good is the perfect cab for people who aren't cab drinkers. The Sauvignon Blanc is super easy to drink on like a hot day. We like to call it a porch pounder because it's just so easy to throw back glasses of that. Um, and then there's like Pinot, Merlot. They got a Rosé. I'm looking at it now. They, they got a Rosé for 18 bucks. Sauvignon Blanc, 18. Everything's mm-hmm. around eight. Well, the, the, the Alexander Va- Valley, Minnesota Cuvée is $26. So you're all, it, yeah. great, price point wise, you're looking at $20, uh, which for that region of the country and the, and the kind of wines that come out of there, that's just phenomenal. So uh, yeah. So what are you going to do, Lindsay, when your time is up? Um, I mean, I have fallen in love with the company already. So my goal is to stick around and hopefully um, continue to do marketing and, and be a mentor for the next one or two people who win. Um, so your your time is up when? In, uh, in September. In September. And then the mm-hmm. new winner will be coming in. And again, mm-hmm. everybody, it's called a really good job. G O O D E. It's our friends at Murphy. Good. I'm going to be talking about this between now and June 30th. I'll be giving you the info, but why waste time? Go to murphygoodwinery.com right now. All the information is there for, for you to apply. Does it cost anything to apply? Costs zero money to apply. It costs nothing to apply. And you know what? You miss every shot you don't take, folks. So if you if you exactly. love wine and you think there might, I mean, I can't imagine a better way to get into the wine business than to land a mm-hmm. gig like this. But I got to figure. You said there was seven thousand plus. I'm yeah. going to guess that's going to balloon up to about ten now, right? Let's hope so. It, it'll be really cool if we get that high of a number this year. We're we're aiming for it though. And the best part is, if you applied last year, you can apply again. You know, it's not like if you do it once, you're cut off. So, except you and Veronica, no. Except for myself and Veronica, we've already we've already won, so we're not allowed. But uh, everybody else who applied can apply again if they want to. You should apply. I. You know what? I don't think I'm. <laughs> we can film your video right now on Zoom. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, Lindsay Perry, first off, congrats. And you seem like a, a a fantastic ambassador for the brand. I want to go out. I want to go drink some Murphy good right now. Thanks for the info. And again, folks, uh, sign up, make it happen. And, uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break with Stephen Amell, Drew Harding. The dictionary defines fresh as recently made or obtained, not canned, frozen, or otherwise preserved. That same dictionary defines victor as one that defeats an enemy or opponent. This is fitting because when you combine the words fresh and victor, you get a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that kicks all the other mixers' asses. Fresh victor is like the Liam Neeson of mixers. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Well, if great taste could kill, then damn right, Liam Neeson. Fresh Victor features eight unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All of the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Right now, Fresh Victor is offering a deal to my listeners that should be taken immediately simply go to freshvictor.com fill up your shopping cart and at checkout enter promo code wwd20 to get 20 percent off your order 
Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor. Anything you'd like to add, Liam Neeson? I told you I would find you. God, he's so badass. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What, you don't like my singing voice? Whatever. I don't want to be singing about rum anyway. I'd rather be drinking it. When I'm home alone on my couch dressed up like a pirate, my go-to rum is Batiste. Batiste rum is the first sustainable American craft rum. It's the only known beverage alcohol in the world to have a climate-positive natural production process without the purchase of carbon offsets. Or Cardi B's offset, for that matter. Though I love to dance to his music when I'm all rummed up and dressed like a pirate. Batiste rum is made from 100% pure fresh cane juice, not molasses or sugar crystals. If you like your tequila 100% agave, then you'll love your rum 100% cane juice. And right now, if I got a couple of offers for you, dear listener, go to BatisteRum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. Fill up your shopping cart and enter code WWD15 at checkout to get 15% off all your orders. And if you want their delicious reserve rum enter code reserve you get 20% off that's cold hard cash batiste rum is my jam make it yours too it's proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow but a reality today joining me now uh, two founders of knocking point wines had them on my former show drinky fun time it has been a few years and it is really a pleasure to welcome back Andrew Harding and Stephen Amell. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. Good. It's good to see you again. Good to be back. It's good to see you both. Boy, last time we talked, Knocking Point was just getting going. Mm-hmm. Now I'm seeing notices. You're capping the wine club. Nobody else is getting in. That's how popular it is, right? I mean, I just, I just saw a thing. You guys are... 10,000, that's it, right? No more. No more members. Yeah, you know, so we've got a couple wine clubs, um, a, a quarterly wine club, which is the original club that started it all back in Walla Walla. Steve and I went up there in 2013 and literally hand-bottled on our own. So, you know, that's those original wines. And uh, that one's full. It's capped. Uh, but we do have the monthly wine club that's open, which is a little bit of a smaller club in terms of the wine you get throughout the year. But, yes, we, 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 we've capped the original wine club. It's full. That pop, correct? Yeah. So, so everybody knows. So, yeah. it's based in Walla Walla, Washington. I know everybody out there has read American Wino, the seminal tome by me. Um, and we went to Walla Walla on that trip. One of my favorite places in the entire United States for wine. I think it's arguably, definitely in the top five most underrated wine regions uh, in the country in terms of. But you don't. Not everything, not all the wine is sourced from there, though, right? You you get it from all over the place. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so saying saying all over the place sort of makes sense, but they are from mm-hmm. only a, just a handful of of uh, wine regions, right? And so primarily it's Walla Walla and Columbia Valley, right? Which you know we're 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 you know neighbors, right? So the Columbia Valley is much much larger than the Walla Walla Valley, um, and so. Uh, the vast majority of our fruit comes from there. Now you got Oregon Pinots, which Stephen will laugh about Oregon, yeah. you know, a lot of Valley Pinots. Uh, and so when we make Pinot Noir, you know, the, the, 
uh, Oregon border is like two miles from Walla Walla. It's right there. So we hop across the border into Oregon and source the greatest Pinot Noir fruit on planet Earth. That's Wait, why, why, that's why is Stephen yeah. laughing? Why, why are you laughing about no, just because, you, know, you know, Drew and I have had the good fortune of traveling a lot of places in the world. And I can think of a lot of them that are that are, you know, on a different continent where we're sitting down this beautiful restaurant, like you know, Southern Italy. And he's looking through the vast <laughs> reds and whites that we have. And he'll inevitably go, you guys got any Oregon Pinot in here or, or what? <laughs> <laughs> and you're so, like, are you in Burgundy or something asking that? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Kick you in the <laughs> ass. Exactly so like, right. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. like, I, I, can't, I, I can't read any of this. Where's the Oregon Pinot? Right, the Oregon Pinot. <laughs> well, I, I am curious. Listen. I'm curious about that though, Stephen. So you... There is a uh, a very distinct difference, I think, in the in the taste profile from say Pinot Noir, certainly in Oregon, but in America in general. Are you a fan of the you know when, the Burgundian style of Pinot Noir, which is drier, earthier, or do you like that bigger, full fruit flavor that you're going to get in Oregon Pinot Noir? Yeah, well, I like that 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 drier, earthier flavor. That reminds me of Paso Robles just as much as it would Burgundy. Um, so yeah. Luckily for me, as a, as a self-described non-wine connoisseur, which I think adds a value to Knocking Point because we just make decisions based off of what we like. And we've been very fortunate thus far with, with this small area within the United States that we're working with to, to not really run out of good options. I mean, we just put out a Syrah, one of the first times that we've done that, if not the first time, correct me if I'm wrong there, Drew. And all of this stuff, it's all, it's all from Walla Walla or very close to... And it's all excellent. But I mean, even if it wasn't, that's not the only way that we're putting footprints into the community. We just opened up a proper tasting room there and uh, we're going back up there a few weekends from now for the first time. And since April of 2019, basically. And um, so we love it up there. We're very fortunate that Drew was born there and that, you know, that, that, that we can actually, um, you know, be proud of Walla Walla and not be faking it, but be proud because it's a really great underrated winery. It really is. And, and I mean, you know, some of the, uh, just some of the wineries up there, I mean, Lacole, uh, 41, Leonetti, Charles Smith, uh, Woodward, Sleight of Hand, Dunham, Seven Hills, on and on. These are in my, these are world-class wineries and, uh, certainly they're on the radar of wine connoisseurs, but I think people, you know, on the, on a wider scale are just really starting to discover how, fantastic these wines really are absolutely so you mentioned leonetti you know leonetti actually so my my childhood home is now their offices i think their finance office or something is my bedroom this is no joke i actually grew up next door to leonetti um so i, I got to watch you know harvest happen and bottling happen the trucks going in and out of there and oh that's you know, amazing. kind of watch it from afar but uh yeah 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 so you mentioned leonetti and that's the first that's sort of the first big commercial winery right leonetti from wine that was Wild one of the Wild. first ones that really planted the flag i don't I, I don't i don't know the exact story but gary figgins my my you know neighbor he went over somewhere international and took his his you know walla walla wines with him to this competition and he went over in, in it was like in the early 80s or, or uh, mid 80s and he won the damn thing right so like that's kind of amazing just, you know i think it was italy if you had to ask me i could i could go look it up but anyway he takes off from walla walla farming town and goes and you know wins this competition that's where everybody went what's going on over there and now fast forward you know you know 25 30 years whatever it is and now there's approaching 200 wineries i think knocking point was number like 89 or something like that just under 100 but now there's 
crazy. You know, well, you're, you're sort of repeating yeah. Judgment of Paris type thing. I mean, that was, you know, Napa was the cow town back in the 70s. And then, you know, yeah. then they showcase these wines in France. They win the red and the white. And suddenly Napa is yeah. worth a yeah. trillion dollars or whatever it is. Now, the legend yeah. of Knocking Point, um, by the way, it was funny. A friend of mine, I was talking about having you guys on. And she said, have you been to um, Knocking Point? And I said, you mean the taste? Just, well, what, is it like, is it a town? I said, no, it, it's, <laughs> it's the thing on the arrow, right? Isn't a knocking point a thing on, yeah. the, on the string for you? Because Stephen knock, was on arrow? You, it, yeah, it's where you knock the arrow on the bow. Yeah, all right. I, I wasn't wrong then, right? I'm like, I think it's because he was on arrow and that that's a, a, a part of the arrow. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, when okay. we launched Knocking Point in 2013, that, that was me – I was working through the second season of Arrow at the point. Well, actually, when we, did, when we conceived of it, I was working on the first season of Arrow, but the wine started coming out in my second season. And more or less everything we did was built around the fandom that I was building online, principally on my Facebook page. And so anytime we could give a nod to Archery or Arrow or any of those things, Without Wonder Brothers getting pissed off, we would do it. It's it's a solid marketing plan. Now, you, the legend of Knocking Point, how it happened was the two of you, old friends, you're going to drive up from Los Angeles to Oakland to go see a uh, a Blue Jays game, I guess, against the A's. Apparently, you're going to Oakland, so I'm using my power yep. of deduction. And you get waylaid in Paso, was it? Yeah. Did you? Here's the part. Now, in the story that I read, you end up doing 48 hours. Stephen had never been to a wine region before and just got the bug. You're there. The part I never got. Did you ever make it to the game? Did you ever go to Oakland? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did. All right. You did eventually make it we up there. Long, well, yeah. we, drove, we drove all yeah, the way to did. Oakland, <laughs> and then and then got in and then got into the parking lot of the Coliseum. The Coliseum. God bless it. It's just such a dump. And so we're having a blast with all these guys out in the parking lot, you know, throwing around a baseball, throwing a football, I think a little bit too, some wiffle ball was going on. And I think out of the, out of the 14 of us or so that ended up there, uh, maybe three or four guys went into the game and we went into the game for a couple of innings. And so, yeah, we kind of made it to a game, but retrospectively we should have just, Stayed in, in wine country. country. Should have stayed, <laughs> stayed in wine country and gotten some good sleep, man. Yeah, that was a that, that was a tough trip on the back end after that. <laughs> after all, that. <laughs> what was it, Stephen? Do you do you recall what it was? I mean, the moment when you went, "Oh man, I like this. This is a well, world well, like yeah. well, wine country." Well, I mean, I, just a beautiful, real beautiful confluence of events. You know, it's it uh, was a really interesting time for me professionally. I'm waiting to hear if Arrow's going to get picked up to series, but the only reason that I would ever make an overture like that uh, was because I knew what Drew had accomplished, uh, wasn't had accomplished with outside of his, you know, main job with the company that he had started source audio. And I just knew that he had the aptitude to do something like this online and the time with Walla Walla, it was like, you know, you can have these ideas, but these ideas without my ability to reach people and without Drew's ability to execute all the other pieces, it, it, it never happens. We couldn't have done what we, without 
without each other, we wouldn't have really had anywhere to go because I can tell all the people in the world to buy it, but I know nothing about getting a liquor license. Sure. You know, and, and Drew can set up all this stuff, but if he doesn't have me to reach out and go here, it is like, you know, let's do it. Well, it's, it's almost quaint right now to think about it. And it wasn't that long ago. But I've seen it firsthand, just how my shows developed and, and the number of celebrities now. When you guys were doing this, you were sort of more of an anomaly. and there, there weren't a lot of ton like it is now. It seems like in the last three, four years, the acceleration. So you were kind of ahead of the curve, uh, yeah, Stephen, when you got well, into it. But now it's, yeah. yeah. But I think that Drew would agree that the way that we go about doing it is still a little bit of an anomaly. Um, you know, we deal all the time because we've done a lot of great collaborations and collaborated with a bunch of wonderful people, but we've also run into agencies and managers and people cock blocking it for us because they think that, that any celebrity entering into this field is owed a big check, you know, up front. So in right. a lot of ways, that, that's, that's never how we did it. So I think we're still a pretty unique story. It's known as the Clooney effect. Everybody thinks they're going to get that, uh, you know, and that's, that's, he started it. He He started it. That's for sure. And then you got, you know, Connor doing his thing and Ryan Reynolds doing his thing. And well, you know, you know, the biggest right now, you know, the single most valuable celebrity brand is, is the rock. Yeah. Dwayne. They're saying he could sell that right now for about five or $6 billion if he wanted to sell it. Wow billion good for him you know who the first one was i think the first big payday which is funny to think about it now was sammy hagar sammy sold cabo wabo oh yeah to campari for like 150 million and everybody was like oh my god that much money now it's like that's nothing uh but no but i'm sure he inspired Clooney. i'm sure he inspired Clooney, right because i mean they were down in the same neck of the woods right (laughs) well i mean back in the day then it was him it was dan Aykroyd, uh who's been on the show a couple times dan was doing and but dan i don't think dan has any intention of ever selling his vodka i think he that's not why he's doing it but yeah those guys i remember uh bethany frankel remember the skinny girl she sold hers for a but again relatively speaking a bunch of money and then came Clooney and now I think you're seeing this I like whenever I see a brand now that's not an agave brand I'm really excited about that because it <laughs> seems like every every celebrity that's getting in the game yeah. right now yeah. is doing and you're starting to see some pushback I think against it too so I think it's great what you guys are doing and you're curating wine and at the end of the day the, the wines all the wines that I've had from Knocking Point are delicious great price point you know, there's a story to it, I think, you know, and you've got, let's talk a little bit about some of the celebrity collaborations you've had. Momoa, my friend Aisha Tyler did something with you, right? Hmm? Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. I, we've talked about this. You know, I was a writer on Talk Soup when, when Aisha was there. Oh, that's so, right. That's why she was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's that all Ask her, she'll tell you. Was <laughs> the best writer on that fucking show. Uh, no, so let's let's talk a little bit about how that came about. What when you decided, you know, let's bring some of my friends in here. Yeah, you know, so it started really with people uh, who were in our uh, sort of circle of friends. I'll call it the, the you know the vast majority came from Stephen, obviously from kind of the superhero world, and um, you know, we started to get questions from them from time to time. Well, Hey, if, if, you know, Stephen could make a wine, how come I can't make a wine? And so for me, as, as, as the, the, the business guy, you know, the light bulb kind of went on and it's like, well, 
I mean, you should be able to make a wine. Let's go for it. Right. And so the first five or six or seven were pure handshake deals. Like Stephen was talking about agents and managers before. These were all just like buddies rolling their sleeves up and going for it. Right. Let's make some wine. Let's make it cool. Let's call it what you want. Let's brand it what you want. Let's put whatever art you want on the label. This is yours. It's a blank canvas. Obviously, we'll put some guardrails on the wine itself so that it doesn't come out like vinegar. But, um, you know, that's how they went. Right, Stephen? And so the first one ever was yep. Zach Levi. Um, yep. He was living here in Studio City at the time. I went over and saw him with a bunch of different blends and, and, and uh, you know, he made his own. Um, I'm trying to think in order. I'm bad with the order, but we did Momoa pretty early, too. I went to his place in, in uh, Topanga and had a bunch of wine and threw some hatchets in his backyard uh, at, at, at logs, by the way, he's, he's as advertised. Cause that's literally what we did was we're, 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 we're chucking hatchets, drink wine and throw hatchets. Yeah, yeah, that sounds <laughs> that's like exactly it. what we did. <laughs> um, no, when you have, the, when you have them involved, too, by the way, but, but yeah, when you have yeah. them involved. So how, do, so Jason Momoa is going to do wine. Now you're going to bring over a bunch of samples. Is he actually blending, yep. mixing this? Does he tell you ahead of time, sort of the flavor profile that he likes the varietals that he likes, or are you just, laying it all on him we always start with with his his favorite styles of wine obviously right and i mean even so far as asking people their favorite brands and labels right like just 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 share with us whatever you like to drink right and from there we can go to the winemakers and start to craft different profiles that could possibly work right and then and then that's when the fun begins and like steven and i have done a couple dozen of these things where we sit down with with the the you know talent like their term uh and you know some friends and it's sort of the more the merrier too, right? Like we've had tasting yeah. Stephen Ryan with 12, 12, 14, 16 people. We're ordering a bunch of sushi, we'll barbecue, whatever it is. We'll have eight, nine, 10 blends. We'll go through them all, do sort of a, sort, sort of a, a blind vote amongst the whole group. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it, it, you know, really comes down to the talent, the, you know, collaborator. And then, you know, Stephen and I also get, get to sort of sprinkle in our vote as well <laughs> on top of it too. So, yeah, but that's it. It's fun. You built this club up and we talked about it. Obviously, Steven's uh, celebrity helped with that a lot. You kept it going during, did it go any blips during COVID or did probably like a lot of it got stronger maybe because I know, uh, yeah. I, it went, I, I, know it, I was it, drinking a lot more wine. It went, yeah. it went gangbusters. Go ahead, Drew. It went ape shit. It, it, it went ape shit, right? But I think that um, in, in a moment like that, I, I think across the board, obviously you saw alcohol consumption go up you know, in everybody's homes um, and companies like us that were positioned to execute quickly and to get wine out the door, um, you know, thrived. But I, I'm, I, I'm still most proud of what we did with Ashton and Mila and the quarantine wine project where, you know, we made a new Pinot Noir with them called quarantine, got it out the door in six weeks from the first time that we talked about it with them uh, and uh, you know, sold a couple million bucks worth of it and, and, you know, donated over a million dollars uh, to COVID response charities at the time. Um, and I personally set the wires out and I remember doing it going, holy shit, that was cool. Um, so, you know, and I you're mean, doing something with Ukraine with drinking, them too, yeah. right? Aren't you doing something for, for Ukraine with yeah. Ashton and Mila as well? We are right now as well. Yeah. We saw them, you know, with their, with their uh, GoFundMe project raised 30 million that they flew past. And so I talked to Ashton and I said, listen, you know, I mean, we have this wine called Outside, which Ashton created with Tony Hawk as this, uh, this uh, charitable vehicle that DocuPoint sells uh, constantly at uh, outsidewine.com, um, which is, you know, obviously part of the DocuPoint website. Um, but the, the wine itself, actually, um, I think we sent you a bottle, man, but it's a, it's a 
flint glass bottle clear yeah. um, with uh, red wine in it. And on the front label is a hole. And then through the hole, when you finish it, there's a logo of a charity that portion of the proceeds from that bottle went to. Right. Um, so there's a bit of a, a reveal aspect. So we took outside, put a, uh, a, a, a Ukraine flag in it there and um you know temporarily pivoted the proceeds to their gofundme and so we, i think we raised fifty thousand bucks real quick we're still on our on our on our hunt towards a hundred thousand bucks but um you know the 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 spirit of knocking point and our community i mean we've had from day one where we had zero customers now it, 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 i mean fast forward 10 years we've got a couple hundred thousand customers that i'm proud to say that these people rally behind causes big time and so yeah. You know, we 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 came up with this concept to support the the you know fundraising efforts for Ukraine, and, and they really rallied again. It's been fantastic. Yeah. How important is that aspect of it to you? I mean, obviously, profits great. You know, respectability in the wine industry, but the social aspect of it, the social responsibility aspect of it. I mean, just for me, for me personally, that's I, I can't speak to Drew before knocking point, but that's just always. Since I've been in the public sphere, spotlight, what have you, in, in 2012 and started doing stuff online, um, you know, I, I kind of backed my way into do, doing charitable things, but they continued to find me. And, you know, Knocking Point being being built around in the early days, my Facebook page, it just made sense that there would always be a charitable angle. Um, you know, this is certainly not <clears throat> the the campaign with uh, the campaign with Ashley Mila for the Ukraine and what we did for COVID. Um, those were probably our biggest spotlighted moments in terms of something that we're doing in the, in the public, uh, in the public eye, but you know, we've been doing them I, ever since knocking point started ever since we threw our first party, there would always be, um, you know, there would always be a silent auction. It would always go to something, something, some local charity. Uh, we love, you know, stepping up for people that support our business and listening to their ideas too. By the way, I keep hearing about these parties, tastings. I'm around, you know. Yep. Hey, if you need me. <laughs> Talking about the tasting with, <laughs> with the barbecue. Not only did I write the book, American Wino, I'm a partner in a barbecue restaurant. I'm like the perfect guy to bring to these tastings. <laughs> I can bring the food. Uh, <laughs> we just need to count you in on every one. Going right. forward, you know, baby, right? you know, where's, baby blues barbecue, where's, right? Where's Dan? You guys know yeah, baby? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's me. Come on, man. That's uh, great. Yeah, that's what we do. Um, well, I, I think it's I think it's great. I, I want to very quick before I let you guys go, and I appreciate you taking it. So, Stephen, you got uh, you got heels now. You're working on the wrestling show. I watched a couple episodes yeah. of it. It's great. It's funny. I used to host a show years ago on Maxim Radio. My co-host was a guy named Stretch Roberts, and his okay. son is on your show, Duke. Duke. Duke Rob. Cool. Like, I remember that kid. He was never little, but I remember him when he was a kid. He's bigger than me, but he was, you know, like 10 and he was six foot tall and now he's a monster, right? He's a huge guy, but, uh, yeah, he plays, uh, yeah, plays big Jim, big Jim. That's right. He's your brother on the show's best friend, I think. Right. And that goes That's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, that's great. How's that going? Heels, you got picked up for You're shooting now, right? Yeah. So we're shooting our, we're shooting our second season. Um, all the challenges that go into shooting television in, uh, in the times that we live in, but, uh, thus far it's going, it's going pretty well. Um, first season was almost like, uh, just testing the waters because of all the things that we were dealing with outside of production, but it came across really well. Um, just trying to find a good audience for it. And, uh, I'm really proud of the second season so far. It's, it's, um, I think it's going to be really good. Set in the world of wrestling in small town, Georgia, 
drama. This was, uh, it's, it's a show. I, I really, what I've watched so far, I really enjoyed the show. It's got a lot of heart to it. And then, uh, speedos, it's just all speedos. That's all that's that's men in speedos. Seeing my best, (laughs) seeing my best buddy in a speedo all the time. A little oil. Lots of oil. Where do you Lots shoot? Do you oil. shoot it in Georgia, or is it? Uh... Yeah, yeah. No, we shoot it. We shoot in Georgia. We shoot it uh, just a little south of, of Midtown Atlanta, and then we go out to uh, a couple of different interesting towns: Tyrone, Palmetto, uh, uh, Gwinnett, Gwinnett. So to Gwinnett to um, to shoot uh, a lot of the exteriors and stuff like that. But I like shooting in the south. A lot. I'm a big fan. Have you gone up to the wine regions of North Georgia, like Helen? I'm not joking. There's an area no. up there by the foot, the foothills of the Appalachians. Helen, Sauté, Nacucci. There's a, when I wrote the book, I went up there, and I'm not kidding. Good wine, actually. Oh, good listen, wine. We have no doubt. When, you know, when Drew and I were doing, we're we're throwing around the idea of doing our show, dudes being dudes in wine country at more than one place. Because we started in Paso, we realized very quickly that there's not a there's not a state or a major city that you can go to in the United States that you can't find a winery within about 40 miles of it. Every state Every, in the U.S. Yeah, that was the way. that was the whole premise with with American Wino. And uh, I was Georgia was certainly one of the regions that surprised me in terms of mm-hmm. because a lot of that in the South you're only going to really be able to grow hybrid grapes and whatever. But because of the altitude and where they are up there, it actually works for them. So. Um, How's that Florida wine? How's that Florida wine then? If you said if you said every all the fifty states and altitude, how's that? How's that flat sea level Florida juice? Have you ever had that Blanche <laughs> Blanche Dubois? That's what it's. There's a there's a there's a hybrid grape called the Blanche Dubois. Yeah, yeah. it's like if um, a Snickers bar fucked a. <laughs> I don't even know. It's so sweet. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I find beautiful about. The about you know the crown jewel, and I always say this to people when they say, "Oh, where were your favorite places?" Look, California, Oregon, and Washington State is that's the those are the three best places for wine in Period. the country. That said, and especially as the climate changes, places like you know the 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 Finger Lakes and yep. along the eastern seaboard, north say north of North Carolina, Virginia, places like that. They're making good wine. I mean, Virginia and also Arizona, uh, yeah. West Texas, you know, they got rid of those uh, cotton subsidies in 2000, 2015. As soon as they did, those they couldn't tear up those cotton fields quick enough to grow grapes, you know, so you're getting Italian wow. varietals. Uh, Spanish varietals are growing really well out there. Like I said, New Mexico, I mean, arguably one of the best sparkling wines. I, I think the best value sparkling wine that I know of is probably Gruet, which is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Gruet. And, and yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, I don't know if I'll see it because I'm fucking old, uh, but uh, future generations, like what's going to happen and where what's going to emerge? Because frankly, sad as it is to say, as it gets hotter and hotter and hotter, it's going to change the landscape of wine. Things are changing. Yeah. Now, yep. fortunately, Walla Walla, you're in a little bit. You're in a little bit, but uh. we're in, and it just snowed there a week ago too. By the way, in mid-April, so you know we get we get all of it. We get usually two weeks above a hundred and two weeks either at zero or just below Fahrenheit, not Celsius, Stephen. Like real yeah, cold. No, yeah, no, I know. So we get the we get the we get the full swing. Swing is that place there, Brasserie so. Four yeah. still there? Brasserie um, Four Restaurant you know, in Walla Walla. Yeah, it is. It is. Were you there when you went to town? Oh, yeah, I got it's there. Completely, sh- completely shit faced with Charles Smith. 
at that restaurant. <laughs> so really short, funny story, Stephen. When I was at the tasting room last week, I wanted to hang the knocking point flag out front. And I want to also hang a WSU flag because there's a bunch of kooks running around town where I went to grad school, right? And it just makes sense, right? Long story short, downtown says that there are no flags hanging over the sidewalk. It's, it's like a local regulation. You got to apply it to the city. You can't have anything hanging over the sidewalk, okay? I go walking. I said, that's bullshit. I go walk outside. I look to my left. There's Brasserie 4. They got a fucking French flag hanging over the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. So I go back to Sarah Brandon. I said, tell the city, tell the city that we get flags or we're taking theirs down. <laughs> Either one, right? So anyway, which we wouldn't do. But the point yeah. is, is that if you let them, let us. But anyway, yeah. yes, yes, it's there. And I saw it. They've got a flag and I want a flag. So yeah, it's there. <laughs> I remember we. I remember it was at Charles's house and Charles Smith. For those of you who don't know, big winemaker up from that region, and he said, "All right, pick any bottles you want from his wine cellar." And I, I can't. I'm not gonna do that, man. It's like you know, there's he's you know from the six you know sixty six French. You know, I said you do it. He pulled uh, four bottles of wine. Okay. Now we've already been, I've already done a full tasting at his tasting room, went back to his house, drinking mezcal. We might, I think we smoked a little pot and now he pulls four bottles of wine and we go to this brasserie four and he says, we're not leaving until we finish them all. (laughs) And we did. We, it was a long, long Um, dinner. And there here's the other thing I remember. There was a fight. There was a, I don't know if you call it a fist fight. It was two guys slapping each other in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> behind there was a fight and the owner said come out and help so we went out back these two guys apparently one guy was screwing the other guy's wife and they were out back Uh-oh. but they weren't punching each other they were smacking each other there was a slap fight walla walla slap fight oh. yeah it's very unbelievable yeah it was uh that's, <laughs> it was one of my last things that doesn't sound like walla walla no walla, that's walla, what i hear you know and then still- uh Still, still fairly blue collar in most places. A lot of, lot, lot of farming. I was, I, w- I was raised around trucks and tractors and stuff. I didn't see much slapping. Going no slapping. On, so now this, this party, <laughs> this party you're having up there on May 13th. Is this, is this closed already? Is it open? Can people get in on it or no? Yeah, I mean, you got to be a club member to go. So you know, you, you can join the monthly wine club to go. There's still you know space to that one. But other than that, the quarterly wine club's capped. We've already got over 400 RSVPs from all over the world coming in. Yep. from Europe. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a packed house, but we've got a new tasting room. We have the entire alley, which Steven has seen through photos. I'm standing there. We're going to block the whole thing off, throw a block party. you got a band outside. We've got a magician. We've got a DJ. We've got basically like a full weekend of food and entertainment right in our home. So sounds like a blast. Right, right there. Yeah. I wish I could go, great. but I'm uh, going to be in New York city. No, and you didn't invite me either, but I'm just saying I, if it had, I been invited. Had you invited me, I you're always invited. Couldn't you're, come anyway. You're uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> listen, guys, uh, Drew Harding, Stephen Amell, Knocking Point Wines. Go to the site, check it out. I lo- I'm telling you, they're just they're delicious wines, great value, great community. You know, maybe someday you'll be able to get in that ten thousand. Can you buy somebody else's? Like, what happens if someone keels over? Can, can I take their spot? How you, do you, how you get in? You you just you just you just sort of predicted the future as we go into this web three space and i'll stop there because we could talk for two hours on that one so okay, there's more imagine coming. a world where, where 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 you could buy someone's membership later it's right? like seat like <laughs> this is like seat licensing or something at the stadium right yeah, it's kind of right. we, 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 we've been inspired by a lot of different things yeah absolutely so i love go. it well guys it's great to see you <laughs> it's great to see you after all these years and uh really uh, congratulations on all the success with the brand and i look forward to 
seeing you in person one of these days. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you. Big whoop. Okay, let's um, let's go take a nap. What do you say, Miss? You cannot be up here. Hello, Grandpa. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want to be here with my friends because I'm with this group. Um, the sign just went off. Can't she stay up here for like a minute? Uh, just absolutely talk? not. Coach passengers are not allowed up here in first class. Yeah. It's policy. I'm sorry. Oh, this is a very, this is a very strict plane that I'm on. Welcome to Germany. On Wiedersehen, asshole. All right. Uh, why don't you go? Um, I'm gonna go down. take a nap. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm gonna go. I think it's a good idea. Catch you on the flip side, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's. I'm a- leaving. Thank you. This should be open because it's civil rights. This is the '90s. Right. It's not. You're you're in the wrong decade. Okay, friends. Before I say goodbye, a couple things to tell you about. Uh, for those of you in the New York city vicinity on wednesday may 11th i will be hosting or emceeing the whiskey x which is happening at industry city in brooklyn new york live concert by dawes you can taste and discover over 60 plus whiskeys general admission tickets are 75 they got vip for 100 plus again i will be there emceeing it the whiskey x for tickets go to the whiskeyx.com the following night, we're going to be doing a live recording of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn and friends at the Stand Comedy Club in New York City, just off Union Square. That is Thursday, May 12th. It's a happy hour show. My guests are going to be comedians, Little, Ska- Little Sasquatch, Francis Ellis, and Maddie Smith, plus some special guests. Don't be surprised if our old pal Joe DeRosa drops by, Justin Silver, and some others. That's at The Stand. And for tickets, go to thestandnyc.com. Thursday, May 12th, happy hour. I would love to see you there. Sponsored by our friends at Rabbit Hole. And you get a free Rabbit Hole cocktail with every ticket you buy. Hope to see you there. And finally, Wednesday, May 18th, I will be doing one of my regular spots on the Adam Carolla Show. We're going to be pairing booze and barbecue, May 18th, on the Carolla Show. Check it out. Folks, I know you got a lot of options out there in the podcast world, and I really appreciate you choosing this one, spending some time with me. I want to thank Stephen Amell and Drew Harding and uh, Lindsey Perry from Murphy Good dropping by. And thank you.